if you want to see that, you can open up a browser and go to arcaderadio.live. You just have to keep your volume down on that. I am getting set up right now. I see us, so that's good. Oh, I can hear us now, and that's... There we go, sound is off. Popping out the chat. Oh my gosh! I guess I'm going to have to do what Mark does and go and put that we're live. Eh, Mr. Peabody. I think he's first every week. And I also need to talk to him about... Uh... Uh... Oh, how do I turn this off? The volume. I'm uh, there'll, be, there'll be a little volume thing in the bottom left of YouTube. Just click on that and it'll go off. Yeah, it's oh, okay. really annoying if that's open at the same time. <laughs> you get a little bit of feedback. Oh, oh, that's what's happening. Okay, hold on. Uh, so, yeah, if you find your mute button on your YouTube. Or... We are muted. Okay. And let me just let me just go to Facebook. Put at least one so spot. So they can chat at the bottom here? Is that what it is? Yeah, and you, you can, can pop, pop that out, out so you, you don't have to... Yeah. Top chat. Okay. Welding. That's right. That's what's gonna ha- have you help me with, Chris. Um, okay. Yeah. Sometimes I get derailed. I sound a little bit like William Shatner when I get derailed. Nice. I was gonna have Chris help me with welding. <laughs> Spock. I, I keep trying to justify buying a welder. Yeah, you don't need any more toys, Brian. You have too many projects. You have more projects than I do. I need more toys. You can never have enough (laughs) toys. And then you're going to be in Colorado for a year, so it won't matter. Him with the most toys when he dies wins. Well, that's going to be me. It's going to (laughs) be... You know, for years, I just resisted all toys. (laughs) I said, no way, until I, I started having to make joystick shafts. And I bought a mini lathe from Harbor Freight. And... Ever since then, it's been like, oh, what's the new toy? Yeah, <laughs> Gotta funny. have a new one. You know? Well, we picked up uh, one of those direct print printers uh, because of some of the fight stick stuff. So I've got this, like, I can actually direct print marquees mm. and stuff like that. So anything 12 by 30 or smaller, we've been playing with. And um, it's fun, it's easy to use, but uh, it's, it definitely distracts me. Hence the, the piranha thing. <laughs> Cool. Okay, live chat. Now I see it. Yeah, Mark was able to join from the UK. Wow. Uh, the last time he was out of the, sh- uh, you know, doing something, you know, arcade related, he was actually it was for his DeLorean, and so uh, he was at this Michael J. Fox benefit in the UK, and we didn't think he was going to join, and he joined on time. <laughs> and then he did like half the show before he couldn't take it anymore and went to sleep. It was that's cool. Yeah, he was in bed. And uh, so now he's on the road with uh, a Tron EDOT uh, environment disc of Tron, uh, and and he, I guess he delivered three football machines to Steve Taki near mm. Dallas. Yeah. So or not near Dallas. I don't know. He said he's dropped them off with Steve first because he does not want to have to take them off the trailer. He wants to just deal with the EDOT. 
said, yeah. it's hard enough to figure out how to get that off. I said, it's really easy. You just untie it and hit the gas really hard. Well, and, I said, and hope it doesn't crash. <laughs> Don't pull a Todd Tucky. If I was him, I'd just... Well, I guess it's not safe to like stay in a hotel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dolly Relford says, anyone need an arc welder? I know a guy. And Mr. And Mr. Peabody... The Tempest was working. It was the monitor that went down, which I actually should say, no, it was the Tempest port, but it was oh the monitor. Oh, my God. You know, it's and funny. It's it is. Uh, yeah, Major. Yeah. He, he, Brian just decided, eh, Tempest isn't working. Throw it out. Yeah. Well, put put a major. In the other room. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you should do, Brian? You should grab a, a new, a, a, I think you have a spare Tempest control panel. You could have one made into the Havoc. No, so actually on this kit, the interesting thing is, is what he did with the FPGA is he, there's a compensation thing for the spinner. Yeah. It, Major Havoc plays amazing on here. It actually is, I, it's better, I like it better than the roller. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm constantly um, compensating. Uh, so Brian Jones, Frog 7609. Who's Frog 7609? Hmm. I think I've seen him here before. Netropolis, Joseph Roman. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining in. Smoke, Anator. Brian Jones in the room. Bobby Jones, not Brian Jones. Bobby, Bobby. Jones? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I say Brian Jones? I know. Yeah. I just expected Brian would have been in there. but. <laughs> yeah. Went to the UK for the premiere of Back to the Future. See, Mark is on the road and still correcting you. Oh, my God. He's there. That's hilarious. <laughs> He's so he's actually here. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit behind. He's, we we do have a major havoc in the other room, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm just gonna do this real quick. Hey Jason, I sent you a link on uh Facebook. You should check it out. So I've been playing around with these things. Can I put a link in the in the chat? Yeah. I don't think I can. I think you can. Cool I think I think it, I think you can. I think you can. There we go. You didn't used to be able to, but I fixed it. Well, I did. I did that, and I don't know if it works. But anyways, people could look at that. It's kind of funny. The uh, I've been playing around with artwork on different objects today, and I'm having the warrior artwork rendered. So I threw it on a mug. Cool. With where it was, and it actually it looks wild. Looks yeah. really cool. Well, now um, that Mark's here, I can open the show notes. You can do that. That's funny. Oh, it's good. He could be in the chat making comments. I hope I hope someone else is driving. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, or if he's talking into the microphone, you know. Or he's got text books. I'm getting a call. I'm going to turn my phone off, too. Why would somebody call during the show on my phone? It's very rude. It is very rude. Hey, Mike, it occurs to me that when you did your original logo for your website that you may have been trying to copy the Nintendo logo. You know, the the original one was, was a little different. It was just uh, I actually borrowed the Quarter Arcade logo at one point. Okay. You know, kind of, kind of like they did. And then, uh, yep. Then Mike's arcade is a lot like the Nintendo one. Yeah. I thought oh, that that circle looks a, that little oval looks a little bit like Nintendo's. Yeah. You don't want to get too close to them. They come after people. Yeah. Well, but they can't really do much about aerial type in a circle. No. <laughs> you know no. I 
<laughs> I, I found it very easy to replicate your logo uh, for, yeah, for for the ad. Really good. <laughs> you did a good job. Nice and crisp. If you want a larger copy, I'll send it to you. Thank you. <laughs> it's just circa 1998 or whenever you made that logo. Yeah, a long time. So Jason's, al- Jason's already hitting questions. Okay. All right. Before we get into that, let's start to show up here. Uh, what's that? And I will. And just so people know, if you ask a question in the chat and uh, it's not really at the right time, I will add it to our interview notes so we can ask it during the interview and we'll make sure we get questions answered. So. Uh, if it's pertinent at the time, we'll ask it. Hey, Brian, do you have a mouse pad? No. Okay. Click, click. You're hearing click, click, click. Well, I hear him move his mouse, too. But that's okay. Now the rest of the audience will key on it. They'll be like, God dang it, Brian, it's clickety, clickety, clackety. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get this uh, show on the road, as it were. From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio. Hello, Hello, and thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. This is Season 4, Episode 21 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, May 21st, 2020, and the time is now approximately 7.24 p.m. Central. I am your host, Adam Stavanovich. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, in text at least, uh, in chat, uh, Mr. Time Runner Shields, and Paradise Arcade Shop proprietor and master illustrator brian thurston howell armitage the third and joining us tonight proprietor of mike mike's arcade that would be mike holland hey welcome to the show hey thank you it's good to have you here appreciate it uh so uh what we like to do first part of the show is talk what we're working on talk a little bit about what we're working on i'm going to start with mark uh go ahead mark Mm. mark Oh wow! You dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> so Mark, Mark is out. So Mark is out picking up a discs of Tron environmental yeah. and three Atari footballs. Wait a minute! He's not picking up three. He dropped off three. He picked up three and he's dropping them off. And then just because he didn't want to let picking up three Atari footballs and an environmental disc of Tron be impressive enough, he told us that he bought a chiller. Within the past few days. That's cool. Well, you know, two very difficult to get games. That's Um, pretty sweet. I really want a Disc of Tron. I don't care if it's an environment or not. I really want one. 
Actually, I do kind of care if it's environment. I have too many big games. You know, I have a Monaco GP, Captain's Chair, Star Trek, and that's enough for cockpits. Uh, And then I have the Super Strike Bowling pinball machine. I don't have room for that in my house. (laughs) I do. The the funny thing is the Discs of Tron, the environmental Discs of Tron, really aren't that significantly different in size. The Discs of Tron cabinet is stupidly deep. Yeah, it's big. I think I'll just play it at Grinker's when I go. I do have one in my garage. I mean, but it's just a disc of Tron. Yeah. Well, um, so I, what I've been working on. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I thought I, I thought stuff was going to come back from the powder coaters this week, but it doesn't sound like it is. I know. But uh, regardless, uh, I did put together two. Uh, um, uh, triac boards for the APB. My APB for the very first time is flashing in probably 30 years. So the the lights are doing what they're supposed to. And I, I, I uh, built another one and I'm going to build one more and I'll be selling kits. Uh, just the two. Just, I have two extra boards. So uh, they'll be totally rebuilt with um, higher quality, uh, higher capacity, volt, you know, at least for voltage. Um, parts so they will they will uh, last somebody probably well past 30 years so that's kind of cool and then uh, I today I have polyurethanes from shelves <clears throat> that are going into my console gaming room so those uh, those are triple coated I, I went up in between meetings and uh, on my lunch break and I did two coats on the bottom and I did like four or five coats on the top so they're sealed and ready to, you know, well, in a few days when they cure properly, then I can put stuff on them. <laughs> I don't want to put anything on them and then have it stick, you know. No, that would be bad. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, other than the APB stuff, really um, just kind of cleaning up the house and getting rooms organized. I did have an epiphany, though, um, about spacing downstairs, so... When I finally finish everything and I take a video, you guys are going to be, like, walking through a maze of uh, lounge seating and theater seating and arcade games and pinball and wet bar. And, you know, maybe in 2022, when this all blows over, we can have a party. (laughs) Got to wait for me to come back from Denver. Right. I think I'll move your picture up a little bit. All right. I just picked up a 720 today. A 720. Yeah. So actually, actually, technically, I didn't pick up a 720. A 720 was dropped off at the shop. That is the way to do it. I I traded a crazy taxi, sit down, and some money for a 720. So it was like I I won, right? Like I got rid of this giant freaking cabinet that I didn't want. Yeah. And the 720 showed up, and I had to pay some cash too. Uh, Quite a bit of cash, but... Maybe it was probably more than I would have done if I just bought in the 720 because I was paying him to take away the crazy taxi, but I don't know. Mm. Um, So that was fun. And then I got in a working Wizards of War board set. So now I can get my uh, Wizards of War running. And what else have been working? Oh, and we uh, fixed the uh, Tempest. And I threw my Major Havoc FPGA kid in there. That's pretty cool. So you fixed the original Tempest board. (laughs) I fixed it. 
Well, no, no, no. I fixed the monitor. So the oh. Tempest board was actually working. So oh, the funny okay. thing is we took the Tempest board from this one, threw it in the other Tempest that we're selling. Oh, okay. And so, and right, that, let's sell that one. And then I'm like, well, we'll throw the FPGA in here. So That's a nice cabinet. There we go. Tempest. Tempest, yay. That's, is that tubes? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't look right. It's tubes. Okay. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, there's a kit you can put in Tempest that it's called Tempest Tubes, and it changes the levels to funky stuff. And this is this kit. Uh, if he ever launches it officially, if it's seven hundred and fifty dollars, if you have a Tempest, one hundred percent worth it. I mean, it's just it plays Havoc so well. It plays Omega Race too. I don't like Omega Race in the vertical format as much. It's I, Omega Race. Plays okay on here, but Tempest and Havoc play amazing on here. I mean, perfect. So I would say if he launches this, go with it. And the monitor did collapse in the last video. We did fix it. <laughs> cool. All right, Mike, this is your turn. What are you working on in the hobby right now? Oh, gosh. And, well, and don't, you know, don't jump ahead because we're going to have a whole bit about gadgets. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk uh, about your personal projects. My personal projects are... I'm restoring a red decay that was painted black into turning it back to radar scope. Oh. And uh, Neil um, sent me a space demon upright. Oh, so cool. I'm working on that. And, and that's those are my two big projects. Right awesome. Now. So I, lo I love that you're turning a red decay, black decay back into a radar scope. Yeah. There are yeah. so few radar scopes left. Yeah, so yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, it's kind of like Hellfire, Mark. Uh, don't you have a, a bunch of uh, cocktails around the corner? To tell us about those, real quick. Oh, uh, well, I, I I restored a sheriff. Okay. In fact, the, the sheriff I actually had to rebuild controllers and print the connectors. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's okay. that's been kind of fun. Um, a Hellfire table. A uh, space Thunderbird table, a space Demon table. Wow! Uh, and uh, it, it's just about one of each. That's that, pretty that cool. I've been restoring. Yeah. You're gonna have to have your Nintendo cocktail lounge. Yeah, yeah. My, my idea with the space demons is I have a cocktail, a mini, and an upright. So I wanna, I wanna create a a flyer shot. Okay. Know, of all three of them. That'd be and cool. Yeah. Yeah, once you're done. We have a friend who did that uh, with Omega Race. Uh, cool. That was uh, Alan. Yeah. MN Rocketry on Clov. So nice. Yeah, he uh, he had all three versions and took a picture. So, well, yeah, it, it's got to be cool to do. I don't think he did, had the cockpit, though. Is the cockpit on the cover of the manual? I don't think it is, which is the funny thing, because there's actually four versions of that game. And I've had... I've only had three of the four in the shop at the same time, but we have had all four of them come through the shop. Yeah. Yeah. So. I love Omega Race. It's such a good game. It is a great game. The boards are a nightmare, but the, the game is great when it plays. <laughs> yeah. Well, they make repro boards now. Yeah, but I don't want to stuff one. Do you? No, but Brian's, Brian's guys will. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're stuffing them now. Oh, that's well, awesome. 
So I, I have for a fee. Uh, so not overseas. Oh, the guys here in the shop. I've got a guy who did a lot of um, um, synthesizer board stuffing, and so I kind of handed him a bunch of parts and said, "Here you go." <laughs> Neat. <laughs> yes. It's nice when you can say to guys, uh, yeah, so I really want to get this Omega race running. Do you mind stuffing this board for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and hand soldering it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, they, don't let, they don't let me near the iron as much anymore to desolder stuff because they keep having to fix the work that I've done. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> oh. So... Um, is that, is that everything we're working on? Mark, are you going to type what you're working on? Oh, wait, we already did yours. So we're we good to go there. Him. We're good. Let's yeah. keep moving. All right. Well, how about I let you go next since you're so good and gunning to go? I'm gunning. All right, Ready? here we go. I always felt that the true stars at Atari was engineering. Oh, you're an inventor. Yes, I am. What have you invented? A lot of things. Like? Like a lot of things. Like things that you've heard of. Like? Well, things that you will have heard of, okay? Patents are patents. Arcade gadgets with Welcome to the gadget segment. We're going to keep it nice and brief tonight because I want to give Mike some time to talk about some of the awesome stuff he's doing later on in the show. Um, for those of you get, if, who haven't seen what he's doing, you should really check out his Facebook page now and uh, later. But um, there is one bit of interesting news that I wanted to uh, bring people up to speed on. Kind of surprising because we're used to control panels coming out of Takeman, but their uh, Aztec F is making a Dragon's Lair control panel, which looks really nice. It's on KLV, $140 shipped. Um, he has it says Dragon's Lair Space Ace, but it is the Dragon's Lair cabinet control panel. So, if you need those, check them out. Nice. I'm gonna a buy of, a new scroll wheel. Need a scroll? Yeah, I'm just gonna buy a new scroll wheel. For me? Yeah. Um, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even touching. Is that your only gadget? That's the only, Mike has so much stuff. We're going to get into it. He's got like Nintendo, like, uh, headers. He's got, all he's right. doing all the stuff all right. for upright plays for Nintendo. I mean, it's, it's Listen, cool stuff. Just because you want our guests to actually talk. All right, next segment. Okay, so this first article is from Forbes, and I thought it was interesting because uh, basically there's this uh, this thing where uh, an AI pinball player could possibly beat humans within four days. So developers uh, have taught artificial intelligence how to play an arcade pinball machine, which learns so quickly it could beat a human player within four days. So, speaking at Microsoft's developer conference, Build, which is being held virtually this week, Jack Skinner described how he and a team of developers in Sydney used artificial intelligence to control an actual pinball machine. So the team took a regular arcade machine and adopted it using a Windows computer to control the AI and a Raspberry Pi to control the flipper mechanism within the pinball machine 
Two webcams were mounted on the pinball machine, one pointed at the scoreboard and one pointed at the table, so the AI could see the table like a human player would. And an optical character recognition uh, or OCR software allowed the computer to read the current score from the pinball machine's electronic display. So with no previous model to work from, the AI had to be taught how to play pinball from scratch. And at the start, the machine would randomly hit the flippers with no real reason to, kind of like a kid when you're five, right? And so, and that's because it still was discovering how to how it works. So, are you are you five? We started at like eighteen months. I'm sorry, what? Tyler playing. Tyler was playing pinball before he was two years old. Oh, I'm sorry. You're interrupting me to tell me how awesome your kid is. No, I'm interrupting you to say five years old is way too late to get him started on pinball. I mean, I, don't, I know I know you haven't gone through this, but you can't wait till five. They're going to miss those ripe years between two and five where they could be developing hand-eye coordination skills. This thing learned in like a week, buddy. <laughs> That's it's, great. You know? Well, did you, you know what I thought was interesting about that article? Did you see the part about how one of the flippers went out in the middle of the night when it was learning? No, I was probably going to get to that, but... But yeah, that's great. So I was back on track. Yeah. Anyway, it it sounds like the AI flipped out. Yeah. That that was the that, that was the breaking bad segment of the Forbes article that you 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 spoiled. That was the big that was the big spoiler you just gave. Would you like to read the rest of the article? I was trying to be engaged in the conversation. <laughs> I'm just busting your chops. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm finding the news interesting. <laughs> That's good. Since you took over my segment. <laughs> oh, your segment. So let's go back to first Adam, season and Adam talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we we like razzing each other, Mike. It, it, that was that was a really cool. I mean, that was really neat that they did that. And they yeah. did what pinball did they do that on? Was it uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars? Uh, Data East? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. Uh, I would have loved to see that in action. It would be cool if they could bring it to, like, do, like, a tour of the the conventions, you know, hit MGC and Southern Fried and, you know, like, uh, Greenfest, even though they don't have vendors there. But that would be cool. It would be. You know, 2 Con. If, if they could speed it up, like, you would watch it actually learn over the conference. Yeah. They set it off at, like, zero the first day, and then you watch it as it goes along and how it improves. They said... At the end, it was like doing trick and combination shots and all sorts of kind of funny stuff. Yeah, that's that's interesting because it learned which targets were most valuable. So it's kind of creepy, actually. Uh, so that's probably the first step in the machines taking over in 2010. <laughs> so. yeah, I suppose we should move on to the next segment. We could do that. Which is... Mark's segment. Yeah. Uh, let's see what that looks like. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to, to the, the cave, cave with, with Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Well, since Mark's not here, we're not going back to anywhere because who's driving the DeLorean right now? Nobody. <laughs> So I it's guess what we will do... The DeLorean certainly is not pulling an E-dot in three footballs. Yeah, that sentence is just... Like, if somebody tuned in and heard you say that, they'd be like, what the hell am I listening to? 
<laughs> Three Atari footballs. How's that? I didn't think I needed to clarify. I, I no, I just thought it was funny. Someone towing an E dot and three footballs. What does that even mean in English? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Uh, so chatters. That means uh, we get to skip ahead to the next segment this week, which I know you're all looking forward to, and that is what's in the juke. I love that 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 bumper goes on just a little too long. Just, just <laughs> like it, you think it's done and then it's not. Okay. So, what's in the juke? Oh, this is the game that we play where we play a small clip for our chatters, and the chatters are going to play for prizes tonight. And we have a couple of second and third place prizes uh, that are from Billy Seven's Moldorama, and tonight uh, I'm giving away. Uh, Christmas in May reindeer and I'm giving away two sets for the second and third place winners so I hope you can see those they're pretty cool uh, they're from a Moldorama machine and then Brian why don't you tell them what they're gonna win if they get first prize so first prize if uh, those of you have been following what I've been posting on Facebook you'll see the artwork I've been doing we redid the side artwork for Piranha, and I made this kind of cool 3D desk. I don't know what you want to call it. I'm trying to get the right angle there. So it's four sheets of plexi with the Piranha artwork printed on it. We completed off the nose of the octopus, but this will be the first prize. So it's a desk art. Is Mike scrolling around on his computer? Oh, am I? I keep hearing this. <laughs> It sounds like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, anyway, uh, what what happens is these chatters are going to guess. Uh, we're going to play a clip. Mark Mark's got this down to a science, right? So um, we're going to play a clip. It's tonight's theme is Tom Cruise movies. So get ready to type in Tom Cruise movie names, everybody. Uh, and um, we'll play a clip. And if you get uh, the song, the artist, or the film, you'll get a half point. Half point. And if you get two of those, you'll get a... Full point. And if you get all three, you'll get a full point and a half. Full point. And a half. Half point. So, and there might be some infighting. Yeah. They're off yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and get things rolling. The first... Uh, uh, well, uh, the chatters are already guessing. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. No, they can't guess in advance. We should take away points when they guess in advance. I wasn't all the way at the uh, the bottom there. I'm like, I scrolled up for some reason. So, all right, I'm on. I got it. I'm ready to score. Okay, so Brian's going to help out uh, with the scoring. And the first track, here it comes. Um, Done. Should I just leave that? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I'll play it again, though. I could play it again. Just one more time. Yep, it is Bob Seger in Atropolis. You're in with the half point. Uh, Andy Ballman with the half point. No, he got the he got the artist again. So Atropolis got the artist, and the song is what? Old time rock and roll. That's Brian Frober. So Brian Frober's on on scoreboard with half point. Atropolis with a half point. 
and it looks like Mr. Peabody got cocktail. Is that correct? No, it was risky business. Risky Andy business. Baldwin at the top. Oh, oh, Andy Baldwin. Okay, I thought. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Gotcha. I was confused. All right, cool. Um, t- all right, this next one. This is sort of a deep cut. I mean, I. You probably know it if you know the soundtrack. Oops, let me just play that nine times. It is Top Gun. It is Mighty Wings. So Brian Frober, half point. Dolly, half point. And it is Cheap Trick. Who got Cheap Trick first? Is it Mr. Peabody? Is that correct? Brian? Did... I got it. I got it. I got it. Mr. Peabody, yes. Okay. I need the second set of eyes on those. I'm not going to get them. These guys are going to start yelling at us. Whew. All right. Here comes uh, your next one. This one is uh, okay. Oh boy, I don't. I don't think I have the original. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, this could be a problem. All right, let me let me uh, fix that real quick. Uh, we'll go to the next one. Um, <laughs> because I have <laughs> Stephen Beale coming out of the closet by the Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here comes your next track. Great song. Yeah, this is. <laughs> you had me at hello. Uh, Secret Garden, Bruce Springsteen, that Andy Baldwin, Dolly is in for a half point. Andy's in for half. Who yeah. got Jerry Maguire first? Andy. He's got a full Andy. point. There I should probably I'm gonna play some half, half point for Dolly. Half point. And Full point for Andy Baldwin. So what what's the score look like right now? Score is looking Andy Baldwin in first place with one and a half. Dolly and Brian Frober in second place, battling it out at one point. And Atropolis and Mr. Peabody in third place, tied with a half point. Okay, I'm gonna skip the next track because I think it's too obscure. Actually, the next two are really obscure. Oh, come on. They're terrible. Okay, I'm going to play this one next. So Sometimes they're too deep. Like, people are not going to get it, you know. They're just yeah, not going to. They, they surprise us sometimes, though. All right, here we go. <laughs> Andy Baldwin likes it. He doesn't want pop songs. Something happening here. Well, Mr. Peabody got his Tropic Thunder in, so he gets his half point for that. What is that? Did, did a truck just go by? Are the cops coming? Hello? Did I lose everybody? Huh? I heard a truck go by. A truck? Yeah. Uh, Mark hop on? I don't know, maybe. Anyway, he's probably getting on to yell at me for berating his song choices. <laughs> uh, so, or, or did you keep... Oh, who won that Mr. one? Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody. So, uh, hold on. I've been entering this stuff. So I got Mr. Peabody in. For what it's worth, I got... I Buff. think Dolly snuck in there for... No. Buffalo I... Springfield, Metropolis. 
Yep. Again. And, and then Mr. Peabody for what it's worth. Is that right? Mr. Peabody for what it's worth. Metropolis. Uh, Buffalo Springfield. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She Dolly got the the first lyric correct, but the song is for what it's worth. So. And then uh, Andy had. Yeah. Who had McGuire first? Andy. McGuire was the last one. No, that's right. Sorry. Sorry. Tropic Mr. Thunders. Peabody with one point and Atropolis with a half a point. Got that? Got it. All right. Cool. All right. So here comes. All right. So we are now. Oh, my God. This is impossible. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll go with an easy one. All right. I'll play the short version. go you got to pay attention because i got to queue up another one i am paying attention but i need to know you're skipping around it's ken yep kenny loggins playing with the boys and it is from top gun so wow aaron sanders getting on the board and andy getting another half point all right wait a minute does somebody get another point half point because there's three things you could win yes no i got the other one already okay all right, so, all right, uh, curses. All right. Show me in the sheet where we are. Oh, you know what I could do is we've we've done old time rock and roll. Yep. We did Mighty Wings. We did not do that one. We did uh, Secret Garden by Bruce Springsteen, uh, and then we did For What It's Worth. By Buffalo Springfield, mm-hmm. and playing with the boys by Kenny Loggins. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have, uh, we're going back up to the top of the sheet. You got it. Let's and, do it. All right, and so yeah, this ought to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's a good song. Well, so it would have been better if I looked and saw that I didn't have half of the songs. <laughs> so it's just you know it, it happens you know I don't have every song ever made I have 38,000 tracks you'd think I'd have them all by now but no you, you just don't you know well while we're que- queuing this up Mr. Peabody's in first place with two and a half Andy Baldwin and Brian Frober are tied one and a half in second place Dolly and Metropolis are tied for third with one point all right here we go I'm trying to find the correct one you know it's uh it's not easy alright I don't know if this is it's not it my grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire my grandma told your grandma I'm gonna set your flag on fire just play all the versions, you know, and then whoever gets the right one. <laughs> Mr. Peabody. Yep. And Dolly. Yep. Ico Ico. And his Rain Man. It's not Rain Man. It's Cocktail. Rain Man. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not, not. It's not Rain Man. It's Cocktail. All right. I don't rem- remember who did. The, oh, the Bell Stars. That's who it was. 
and I, I don't have that one, and, you know, it's just... Well, which one did you play? By who? Uh, I think this is the one that's in the movie. Let's just hear. It's like the extended remix version. <laughs> Yeah, this is it. Yep. That's it. Delusional's guess is Ico Ico and Mission Impossible 2. That was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That is Delusional, funny. Negative half point. <laughs> negative. No. No. Yeah. All right. So that was painful. Let's see if I can find this other track, which, uh, you know, I don't have this soundtrack. I don't even know if they make this soundtrack. So this would be this would be fun to see if it actually pops up, which it does not. So, you know. And Dolly, you got credit for it being in Rain Man. So how about this? We're going to finish up with one last song because this is painful even for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really sorry. Uh, I know this song. At least I'll be able to find it. Um, and if somebody gets this... Uh, I'm going to give him three points uh, right out of the gate. Because <laughs> it's like... Right th- now, there's a three-way tie for second place between Brian Frober, Andy Baldwin, and Dolly. Mr. Peabody is in the lead with three points. All right. You guys are, All right. Let's see if this does it. I'm, I'm skeptical, but here we go. Well, play it. Apparently, it has like a really long intro. <clears throat> I hear I hear a car or a truck again. What what is that? That was out front of my shop. Oh, okay. This is a terrible track. I mean it's an awesome track, but it's a terrible what's in the juke track. It is legend. Yep. Someone's got their sound hound out. Is your love strong enough is correct? Brian Mr. Peabody Freary. got the name. So you got a full point for that. For the name? Full point. Because he also right. got the artist. Uh, no, because Brian Frober got it, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, Did Brian Frober got Tangerine Dream, Dream no, and Legend. It's, not, it's Brian Ferry, not Tangerine Dream. Oh. Read the show notes. I, it's right here. I know. It says Brian Ferry. I don't know how you get Tangerine Dream oh, out of that. Oh, because it was up above. Never mind. I saw the other one. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. So but who's won anyway? Do we have to have a tiebreaker? Because if we do, I don't know what I'm going to no. play. So oh. okay. this, we have a tie for third place. All right. Mr. Peabody's in first with four and a half. Brian Frober squeaked out the second place for here at two. And Andy Baldwin and Dolly are tied for third at one and a half. Followed by Metropolis, Aaron Sanders, and Delusional in last place, negative 0.5. <laughs> so wait a minute, there was there was a try for third place. We need to give we have to we have to fix that. Tiebreaker? Yeah. So this is gonna be uh this is gonna be one that I pick, so it's gonna be super easy. Alright? Alright, Dolly and Andy, it's on. Alright, whoever gets this first. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Brian Frober, Harold Fotemeyer, Top Gun theme, Top Gun. All right. That's good. If you know who played guitar on it, I'll give you an extra point. Uh, yeah. Andy popped out Top Gun before Dolly. Dolly's like AWOL here. What happened? But Brian, Brian got Top Gun, right? But Brian was in second place, not part of the tiebreaker. Oh, not part of the tiebreaker. So Andy got... Oh, I see. Andy? Some, and Steve Stevens. He's, people are looking it up. All right, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I love it. All right. Give anyone Andy enough time. Give Andy third place now. So it's going to be Mr. Peabody in the lead, Brian Frober in second place, Andy Baldwin in third place. Congratulations. All right, let's mark down who were the winners were, what their prizes were, so I don't forget. Uh, you guys, I probably have some of your addresses. If I don't, please send me your address. Oh, I'm Adam at ArcadeRadio.com, or you can hit me up on Facebook. Uh, if you put it in, and by the way, I, I got mailing materials. I think I mentioned on last week that I hadn't been mailing things out, which is you know par for the course. But part of the reason of that is I didn't have all the materials to mail everything out. Uh, now I do because I ordered materials. That way I don't have to talk to anyone at the post office. I can just go to the kiosk and drop things in. So this weekend, I'm going to spend some time at my kitchen table boxing things up for people and putting things in padded envelopes. And hopefully you'll have something next week to hang on your fridge or put on your mantle. Uh, don't put the don't put these on your mantle. Uh, at least <laughs> those will melt. Yeah, this will not melt. Yeah. <laughs> so enjoy, Mr. Peabody. This was kind of fun to make. Yeah, that's Hopefully a we'll be making more. That's a one of a kind. It is right now. Yeah, you should sign it. The, put arcade well, radio on the back. One thing I didn't mention, I'll mention really quickly. It's kind of fun with this because it's all screwed together with like little standoffs. You can actually change the order. So I've changed the order of the artwork a few times to what I like the most. So, anyways, it can be adjusted. Well, we managed even with all that travesty to get to the interview part at the right time of the show. Well, don't we have a voicemail? Oh, well, Mark. I, I mean. I could check. All right, I'll, I'll check. I mean. <laughs> so, Mike, there's one thing that uh, Adam left out when he was talking to you about uh, the order of the show. We have a voicemail, and, and there are there there's a recurrent theme through the voicemails. Yep. Uh, and then there are random people who call in. Yep. It, fun. So, so we'll see what's on tonight. Uh, there is a, uh, a control panel expert, Bob Zarzadek, who was in jail in Florida for a little while. And yeah. then the warden was chasing after him, and he was hiding in an orange field at some point. So, yeah, he was—he's uh, a character. He lives behind a Walmart. The last time we ta- heard from him, he told—he—he he stole a SWAT team's uniform, didn't he? Oh man, yeah. You know, I don't know. Let's see what's going on here. Okay. Thank you for calling six one two five four eight game. This is Arcade Radio. Please leave your message after the tone. Uh, hello, Arcade Radio. This is Warren Hall and Otis again. I'm calling to inform you that we are no longer in need of your search and recovery services for Bob Zarzadik. He is uh, back under our custody, and in fact, right here in our special solitary confinement closet. Isn't that right, Bob? We have him with no electronic devices or modern-day conventions punishment. It's like regular punishment except to flush your toilet. You have to use your hands. It's just a punishment, right, Bob? Well, I'm going to let you guys go back to whatever it is you do. 
listen to the radio in your bedroom as a profession. I don't know. <laughs> Have a good day. Uh, I hope this is my bedroom. I don't. I, who has this many records in their bedroom? <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's weird. I, like, you know. We're gonna hear next episode is gonna be hearing about Bob's uh, electromechanical device he's come up with to, to flush the toilet. That's a control panel for the toilet. <laughs> oh my god! There was another voicemail, but it didn't look very interesting. Yeah, it's just, it might have been Bob trying to get away. It's, it's not car insurance again. <laughs> that sounded like Bob at the very end. Did you hear that? Yeah. It's like, don't. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on. I tell you, this is, this has been, you know, the best part of the show is when we get to interview the person. That will have to be you. Uh, Mr. Mike Holland, welcome to the show one more time. It's uh, well, great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your shop just right out of the gate because um, I, I, I think, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but you might have one of the longest standing resources for arcade parts uh, on the internet. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, if it just... As a store, I know as a web store, it's probably the oldest, you know, yeah. Yeah. actually be able to have a shopping cart. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's put it this way. You have the oldest store with a shopping cart. Yeah. Yeah. So you could actually buy stuff without having a call, you know, which was a good thing or drop an email. Yeah. So. And we might be talking about a little about Bob Roberts there, right? We used to have the email everything to him. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Bob, Bob was the reason I started this uh this whole thing because I used to just repair boards, you know. Yeah. And I did it for fun. I would people would send me one, and I'd send them one I already had that worked, yeah. and I'd fix that one, and the next person could trade out the board. So um, Bob was my go-to for all my RAM, EEPROMs, wiring, everything. And in uh, 1999, he says, "I'm going to retire in 2000," and <laughs> and I just. My my jaw just hit the floor. It's like, what am I gonna do? Because you can't you can't find these parts anywhere. So yeah, uh, I started uh, just sourcing out EEPROMs and sourcing out TTL chips and RAMs and whatnot. And that's kind of how it started. And what what did you? And then Bob never retired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He did get sick. Uh, it, well, he got hurt, and then he was bedridden for a while. I, I think, and I don't know the entire story, but his wife is fulfilling orders now. Yeah, which is great. I yeah, mean, she's God bless him. You know, he's a, he's an awesome guy. Yep, and and they, um, uh, I got blacklisted for the the cross shipping thing. Oh, because <laughs> were you on that little list? Yeah, and <laughs> and I don't remember like what under what circumstance it was, but I think I forgot to put the check in the mail, whatever, and oh. and so then I I ended up sending to him, and I I took a picture of the check, of me putting it into the mailbox, yeah. so so you'd see it. And, uh, but they, they gave me, uh, they gave me my grace back. So, uh, the last order I did, I got to send the check off and get, uh, my stuff cross shipped, which is great. You don't, nobody does that. Yeah. And you got a moon pie too, huh? (laughs) 
No, but I do get like pens and occasional like yeah. tools and stuff that are actually one of the screwdrivers I got. I still use all the time. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. He want, said, you know, he sent out a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So uh, what I was uh, going to ask real quick. Uh, sure. You got all this stuff, and, and I and, and we talked about uh, in the ad uh, that we put up for you about all of the things that you provide to the community, and I think most of the chatters that are here probably know. Um, but I mean, we're talking like reproduction Nintendo buttons and parts, a say Seiko pro- um, products and parts that you can't get anywhere else. Joysticks, trackballs, uh, yeah. chips, upgrades, high score, save kits, artwork, monitor cap kits, troubleshooting tips. You even have a troubleshooting section that I've used a few times for things like Galaga. Uh, and yeah. even, even the jukebox labels. But I was going to ask like, what made you focus on Nintendo? Cause yeah, that-, that was the latest thing. Uh, it, in the very beginning, I, it was all Midway stuff. It was uh-huh. Pac-Man and Galaga, you know? Yep. yep. And, uh, and I love Donkey Kong. Back in 1981, I worked at the Fremont Hotel in Las Vegas as a oh. dealer. Oh, cool. And, and in the casino, they had a Donkey Kong machine. And, uh, <laughs> and we would um, <clears throat> we'd tap each other out. I was just 21 at the time. Sure. You'd, you'd, go, you'd work 40 min- or 45 minutes and take 15 off. And so for that 15 minutes, we'd go over to the Donkey Kong machine. And this was an original one that had the ladder cheat in it. So you'd play as long as you could and and look at your watch and say, oh, I got two minutes to get back, go up a ladder and sit there and go tap the next dealer out. And he'd come back and finish the game. And so (laughs) that was fun. if you don't, if you're not familiar with the ladder cheat, it was basically uh, you could go up to the top of a ladder and the barrels wouldn't roll down on you on yeah. Donkey Kong. Yeah. And so, so we used that to our advantage, you know, to make our game stretch out. Three or four of us could play that way. I think I've seen the memo for that somewhere yeah. on the internet, and I've, maybe it's on your yeah. site. I don't know. And then, uh, I mean, it's that that ROM set is sometimes sought after, but it was. Probably only on a very few early sets, right? It was on all the TKG2s um, and most of the TKG3 sets. Okay. So the twos uh, were a four-board? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, the four-board sets. Most yep. of them had it. And so there was uh, a few of the two-board sets that had it as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, and all the two-board sets all came with the latest, greatest that we all play now. So they fixed that. Cool. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so, so I get, actually, I started doing the Nintendo stuff because nobody else was really hitting that market, you know? Yeah. You could get a couple pieces from Arcade Shop or a couple pieces from, you know, Bob Roberts didn't have anything for it. And um, it just seemed like a natural to start. Oh. start oh. I started building joysticks, what, 15 years ago now? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. I, I actually, the first... Donkey Kong I got had been converted to a street heat and mm. I went to you for all the parts and at the time you were doing a full reproduction control panel that had yeah. the joystick and the buttons and all the stuff and it was just you know plug and play and of course street heat when they made that kit they they actually cut a spot for the steering wheel and then they oh. drill extra uh. holes and yeah. it's basically unusable you can't get that yeah. steering wheel out of there without having a giant gaping hole in the control panel and then the original joystick doesn't 
There's nothing for it to latch onto because they cut a big hole in it. So uh, that was pretty awesome. And I, and I actually had the same thought. Where am I going to find any of these Nintendo products? Yeah. Apparently no. Mike's Arcade. Yeah, we were really fortunate. You know, we started building cabinets um, a long time ago. When I, Right before I moved to this location, um, I was in Las Vegas still. And my dad came to me one day and he goes, Mike, I want to make a couple hundred dollars a month. There's a floating poker game I want to be involved in. It's been going on here a hundred years. I need some cash to get in it. I said, oh, okay. He was retired. I said, well, let's build some arcade cabinets. And he says, uh, yeah, how hard can it be? So we bought a couple Miss Pac-Mans, cut them up, made templates, and learned how to make them, you know. And so we started making uh, cabinets years and years and years ago. Our our first one went to... uh, Went to Game Doc in California. I don't know if you if you're familiar with who he is. He's been he's been repairing and operating games since you know for thirty years now. Be interesting to find out that machine. And he still sold exists. it to Cuba Gooding Jr. So my first my first arcade game actually was a <laughs> not a very good one. You know, it was it was a quarter inch too wide and the, it wobbled a little when we built it. You know, and but. It ended up in Cuba Gooding Jr.'s house, which was kind of cool. Isn't Cuba, wasn't he in, uh, yeah, in Jerry Maguire? Yeah. He, he was in What's in the Juke? It's a full tie-in. I bet you, I bet you, Mark probably did that on purpose. He probably knew the whole backstory. So we, we ended up doing, my dad did a lot of cabinets. He'd build two at a time. I'd take them to Vegas. And during the week, I'd build all the wiring, build the guts, turn them into JAMA cabinets. Hap Controls was in Vegas, so I could buy brand new monitors at the time. And uh, we did two a week. And so I'd take those to LA, sell them, come back to Vegas the next week, go back to, you know, Utah, pick them up. And we did that for about four months. And I had a change of occupation at the time. One of my, I was a software engineer for years. I worked for, uh, for Disney and for the telcos and for various other companies. And um, that job was ending. So I had a chance to move up here and, and stop having to travel quite so, quite so often. But I had to travel twice as far after that to take the games to L.A. It's like 500 miles a round trip. So we did that for quite a while. And, and you know, having the wood shop, we were able to start building other games. And... Um, so we started building control panels for the Nintendo stuff, you know, and um, we were building complete, you know, mostly Pac-Mans, Miss Pac-Mans. In fact, uh, well, I don't have it here. Three or four of the cabinets behind me were built in my shop, so nice. uh, it, which is cool. So we um, we'd build them from the ground up and and sell them Jamma ready. We wouldn't put boards in them, but we'd sell them Jamma ready to retailers. Or, or, and uh, they would turn around and sell them in, you know, billiard stores and things like that in California and Las Vegas. And so that's kind of the root of where we got started getting bigger. And we got into wiring harnesses because of that, you know, and how to build complete games. And Bob Roberts ties right back into his stuff. His articles were awesome, you know. Here's yeah. how you build yeah. a power supply. Here's how you do the AC. Here's how you... You know, this is what you do with your new JAMA harness. And uh, we used a lot of that and learned a lot. And 
And at that point, I don't know if you guys remember, but but also in the early 2000s, there was a site called Spies, and Spies was an FTP site. Okay. And it had tons of information archived from old Usenet posts from the guys who started KLOV or, uh, you know, they were in the RGVAC crowd, which yep. was the yep. rec video, video arcade game collectors. And they post pinouts and everything else, and they never use it. And there's a, a gentleman named Al Caso in uh, San Francisco. And he says, you know, I, I don't know what to do with all this information. Could you, you know, do you want to host it on your website? I went, hey, this is great. So all of, a lot of that technical information just fell into my lap. And uh, it's been there ever since. You know, Rick Skeeves has articles on there. He's the guy that started KLOV, which is now Web Magic. Uh, or, you know, what is it now? It's the Ar Arcade Museum, I guess. Yeah. Is what that is. Um, and so, you know, just the longevity and being able to put stuff for people to access has been has been something I've always had fun with doing, you know, sharing information. And this, it was a big, it was a big day, the day I actually made the main site, the store, you know, because <laughs> for years it was, you'd come up and there's all this technical information and pinouts and repair stuff. And uh, one day I flipped the, flipped the switch and I thought, everybody's going to complain. They're going to hate me. And boom, you know, it just, it just started going. And so, you know, I think I have over, over a thousand products now that are listed on the website. You know, everything from nuts and bolts to uh, to uh, Eclipse and you know Asahi Seiko joysticks, which are the Nintendo joysticks. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's that's kind of the backstory for me. And I, I, yeah, I will say, Mike, one of the things that I, I was always inspired by, kind of what you have done, is and you mentioned this, like you've really maintained not just a store, but like a resource. And yeah. so what's really, I think, neat about like the projects you do and the, the products you design is that these are things that we're missing. You know, right. like you're out there creating, it's, it's like people creating content, like you're creating product and you're maintaining content for people to use. So while the store is obviously going to be an income source, it's also just a resource. And that's yeah. really, I think that element of um, of kind of the, the history of, like you mentioned the RGVAC guys and kind of where a lot of this collecting came from, mm -hmm. it's neat to see you preserve that. What 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 was one of the, I, I want to talk something about your new products, but what was one of the first products? You mentioned the Nintendo joystick. Right. What was one of the first? Was that the first product you did as a whole, or what was your first kind of yeah. venture into let's do something? You know, the, the first things were, were you know, all of the metal for a midway cabinet, because we needed it. We were building cabinets. So yep. we started making the control panels and doing the uh, marquee brackets and whatnot. And my, my actual first product, because there weren't any out, were red ball joysticks. You know, I'd buy from IL the black bat sticks, cut the tops off, thread them, and source, source you know, knobs and put red knobs on them. And so I, I sold IL sticks with red knobs for a long time, and then they started doing them again, uh, which was nice because um, I didn't have to cut so many. You know, I bought a little lathe to do it on, and, and I sat here and 
cranked out 40 at a time on a, on a Harbor Freight mini lathe. Oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> and that took, that took, took some time. But if, if you, um, that's dedication. You, yeah, it was fun. And, and, uh, but that was my first big, big, uh, special product that only we had. And one day I cut apart a joystick, a, a Nintendo joystick. And I said, you know what? These would be kind of fun. And my sheet metal man was looking for a new project, and I had him make coin doors, Nintendo coin doors. Um, we didn't do a lot of them, uh, but they were really hard for him to do. It was a one guy shop, and but he had a lot of a lot of sheet metal experience, so he did that. It was uh, Larry at Crawdad in in Marysville, the next town up, used to do that stuff, and uh, then we cut we cut a joystick in half. You know, just to see what the what the bearing in the middle of that Nintendo joystick was, and how we could rebuild it, and you know, he designed all the parts and put it put it together. And um, that's awesome. I wish he was still in business, but we we did that for a long time. And then then uh, somebody asked me about Punch Out, you know, and and how to do a five way joystick, and I'm thinking. Why in the world do we want to tap the side of each one of these and build a special part and have a special joystick? This is ridiculous. So we came up with a, a separate switch you could just bolt on to an original, you know, a four-way if you wanted. And yeah. uh, thread it. And I would, on my Harbor Freight mini lathe, I would thread the end of a, a Donkey Kong joystick. And uh, we our, our first ones were actually made of... Uh, <laughs> This is going to be kind of interesting. We took, I was looking for, I had an original bell, you know, which is, which, which is, let me grab one real quick. Oh, we got show and tell. We got, we got an actual product here that we can look at. Yeah. So let me see if I can get it out of the bag here. So I had one of these originally, which is the, the little bell that goes on the joystick, if you could see it. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I looked at this, I said, well, it's brass. You know, it looks kind of like one of those door, drawer pulls that you yeah. can buy at you know, Home Depot or whatever. So I actually got doorknobs, you know, the little little teeny brass doorknobs and machined them all down, threaded them. And uh, that's what I used my first ones. They were they were aluminum with a, with a brass plate. And I made them, I, I think I did 40 or 50 of them. And... Uh, Stop selling them. I just forgot about it. You know, I, I sold what I made. Sure. Doing them. Sure. And somebody sends me an email one day, goes, Mike, you remember those kits you were selling for 20 bucks? And I go, yeah. He goes, one just sold for $85 on KLOV. And I go, what? <laughs> Why would somebody <laughs> buy one of those for 85 bucks? They're nuts. Yeah. And uh, so I brought them back in house and started doing them again. And, uh, the first ones I just sold almost at cost, you know. In fact, we did that with joysticks too. You know, the first joysticks it cost me forty dollars to make them, and I was selling them for forty-five dollars. You know, yep. and that was a lot of work. To, yeah. You know, to for nothing. And, so uh, that's that's. Uh, hopefully, people were buying other things with bigger margin. Yeah, yeah, but it was they they became popular because yeah. they were, uh, you know, they were like the originals, and people liked that. So, you know, Mike, you, you bring up something, though, and I think that, that I, I don't want to skip past that. Um, sure. A lot of the classic shops, and I don't think people really understand this, 
is that there isn't a huge amount of money in these things when people first do them. I think some people have this perception of like, you're selling a joystick for $45 and I can buy this HAP joystick for $12. And what's it's like, like yeah. those first ones are a big risk. It's a lot of money invested and it's a lot of time. And I and the guys, I mean, like you and Steve and all these guys and Bob Robert, the guys who brought this stuff together, mm. when you initially take that step, it's a yeah. risk and it's done for the community most of the yeah. time. It's it's done to be a resource. Yeah. And that, and they and you know there's there's a lot owed to you guys for kind of blazing those trails and making those things available. So thank you. Well, thank, well thank and Brian, you. you know Brian's well, done the same thing with some of the like his Omega Race backdrop and his Spy Hunter seats. They cost a lot of money to make. I mean, it's oh yeah. You know you got to injection molding overseas. You have design, pro, you know, and then you got to send it back and forth to get it fitted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's hours and hours and hours that go into making this stuff. So there has to be something in it for you other than to try and make money. Someone in the chat was just asking, how do you justify making those parts when you put so much time and, and make almost nothing? And I think that's part, you know, part of it is, is, you know, there's the satisfaction that you get to have that part. You, you wanted to make that part for yourself. And the other part is, uh, you know, it's not where your margin is. It's like when you go to Best Buy and you buy a TV or a, a a stereo. There's not very much margin in that. But then you have to buy the cables, and the cables are like, you know, cents on the dollar. And your fifty dollar monster video cable that they sell you on, you know, mm-hmm. that you really don't need. You could buy a mono price for ten bucks. But you know, but yeah. the point is, you know, <laughs> that's where you make your margin is on the smaller things, right? Sure. It, it really is. You know, it's, um, yeah, nuts and bolts, you know, uh, but you, you got to buy bazillions of them. You know, I, I was talking to Anthony at quarter arcade one day and we were talking about artwork or something on the phone. And he says, he says, Oh gosh, I just had to write a huge check for nuts and bolts. And I'm going, what, <laughs> why? And he said, well, I needed coin door bolts. I needed these kind. I need midway control panel bolts. You know, I needed all the nuts for it. And, you know, you got to buy them in, you know, 5K at a time or 20K yeah. at a time to get a good deal. And yeah. so, you know, people don't realize, you know, hey, you charge a dollar a bolt because you had to buy, you know, you know $3,000 worth of hardware or, yeah. or not yeah. so much. But you had to spend some money to, to get those in the store. Yeah. And we, we talked and a little so, bit about the before the show, but I think it's worth repeating one of the yeah. – premier products that i think that you sell is the assay psycho stuff uh for coin coin max and yeah. uh i remember years back i needed a couple and you only had like two left and you're like these are my last two i want you to know i'm selling you my last two i'm like <laughs> okay i'll be very careful with them uh, and i was so happy and so proud that i got them and then you you know, you work to deal with them and they're, they're sending you new ones. But that led us to the discussion about nuts and bolts. Can you tell us that story again? Yeah, well, with, you know, with, well, let me go into the, the Asahi Seiko thing okay. for a minute. You know, what happened was there were, there were a lot of people wanting a screw from Asahi Seiko. You know, this huge multi-million dollar company. Yeah. <laughs> they call them up and go, you know, I need a spring. And I need a, a screw that holds on the, the micro switch. Yeah. And, and and so they were they were fetch fielding these calls, 
and actually selling this stuff. Oh yeah, okay, this is three cents. That's eight cents. This is nine cents, and and twelve dollars shipping. Over, yeah, <laughs> and, and they had one full time guy that was just kind of fielding parts like that, you know, and not selling whole things. And it, it, of course, it wasn't paying his salary, right? So, so I was buying, you know, ten mechs at a time from him. And they knew I was doing it for Donkey Kong, you know, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., old Nintendo stuff. So people would call and go, oh, yeah, I got a Donkey Machine, Donkey Kong Machine. I need the no a new faceplate for it, you know. And they go, okay, that's three bucks, you know. And yeah. I need two screws to hold it on. Okay, fine. That's 50 cents, you know. And I was buying 10 at a time, and they finally approached me and said, you know what? We're, we can't do this anymore. Will you please be our arcade distributor for this stuff? You're buying more than anybody, you know. Yeah. They'll send you all our parts, everything, and we're going to stop selling them. You'll be the guy. And I said, yeah, great. Let's do it. And uh, <laughs> so it's it's just being in the right place at the right and time. By the way, and by the way, we're not going to pay you anything for it. We just <laughs> – And that's exactly right. They they just offloaded a job, Yeah, you know, is what they did. Yeah. And, and I'm still paying what customers used to pay then. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just uh, I get to handle all those all those parts now, and it's nice. Yeah. So, you know, I have people from laundromats call me and go, "Hey, do you have a 900 F37 coin neck?" And yes, I do. I have one of those. I also <laughs> have the laundry tokens if you need them. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's a lot of fun to actually, uh. and I love helping people get their games going. You know. They'll call me and I'll sit there for, you know, 30 minutes helping somebody get something going. So you just... And I don't mind doing that. You just contracted with them to have them make uh, the shorter screws, right? Yeah, they just they just got... Um, they just found a batch of the 11 millimeter screws to hold the mechs on for me. And it's the last ones they have, you know. Now they're like an inch and a quarter. They're really super long. And yeah. So, yeah. So they... Um, yeah, they they found them and they're on the way. So they'll be on the website next week sometime. <laughs> awesome, but, uh, awesome. But that's what it is. You get one part at a time. And just talking to them, I was trying to get them to make the, the old Punch-Out coin doors, you know, from yeah. Mario Brothers and Punch-Out. And they were talking with Japan, and I think things were getting lost in the translation. I was finally able to get the reject buttons out of them, and that was about it. But they, they said, you know what? You sell a lot of arcade controls, don't you? This is the people in Japan. And and we, we told them, yeah. And they said, well, you know, we used to make a bunch of controls and stuff for Nintendo. And I go, you did? What do they look like? You know, and they go, <laughs> I seem to recall they were metal joysticks and these big bulky things. And, you know, we don't have them anymore. And I said, oh, do you mind if I make them? And they go, no, have have fun. So there you go. That's the Nintendo joystick story. And so uh, it's been really nice to be able to just expand into the Nintendo stuff. Nintendo players are the most loyal, wonderful people in the world. Uh, you know, I, I love catering to Nintendo people. <laughs> they're, they're just great. But they're also very everything. picky about the height of their buttons. Yeah, everything. <laughs> what, you know, I, I think half... Half of my job when I when I come out with a product is to educate people what was in a real game. Yeah. You know? So 
if you go to my site on the tech archives, there's a Nintendo joystick section, which explains all the different type of joysticks, the I've, different size. I have that printed out. I use it all the yeah. time when I'm messing around with my Nintendo stuff. Yeah, everything. And um, and it, it's been great. Um, somebody just typed in, is it's why Nintendo is still the 900-pound gorilla. <laughs> you know that Loyalty? Nintendo has been great because people will call and, and I've, I've been referred to before from Nintendo of America you know people call and go I got I got a Donkey Kong machine I need a joystick and a button and they'll go oh well go to Mike's arcade for that and now that's the ultimate you know yeah, yeah. that makes great. me feel you know it's like wow I'm, I'm I am doing something cool <laughs> so oh my gosh yeah, yeah. And, so, and, I, and I talked to you about this before the show, and I'm just going to say it again because I just I, I have two jukeboxes in my house, and I use your uh, juke strap, your jukebox strip creator all the freaking time. I love that oh thing. God. And it's like it's it, 20 years old now. Yeah, it's it's ancient, but it still spits out good PDFs. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I print them out all the time, and I save the PDFs in case I need to reprint yeah. them. But, yeah. but it's based on the FPDF, which is a freeware web server based pdf printer so um basically i just had to write a description language that that draws the different parts to this pdf uh engine and then it spits out a pdf with it you know we should do we should do a, a mobile app with that and then you could scan your upcs on your picture sleeves and have it automatically prints <laughs> that'd be cool it's also a big huge waste of time you know, one one thing I've wanted to do for years with that program is is be able to upload a text file that has one title per line, you know, comma separated or something, and just spit it in there and have it pop out, you know, PDFs. Massive but amounts. haven't got there yet, you know, one of these days. Yeah. So, so, Mike, is there, like, if you had your choice of a game to play, because we talk yeah. about you fixing games and you've got all these parts – What's your go-to game? Oh, you know, lately it's been Space Launcher. Uh, right behind me is a is a space um, it's a space fever cocktail that I have a Space Launcher board set in it, and uh, I've got I, you probably can't see it, but I've got twenty five quarters sitting on that thing, and <laughs> every time I I win a level, I push a quarter up, and I know if I hit all twenty five of those levels. I'll get the world's record. So I push one up every time. And the best I've ever got is about 15 quarters, which comes out to be about oh, 30,000 points. But uh, I think the world's record's like 120 and by uh, by um, Alex in England. He, he had one. And um, yeah, that's my game these days. But I'm, I'm loving Sheriff too, you know. That's another another game that I got. It was completely stripped. Uh, and we talked a little bit before the show, I had to make controllers for it. There were no controllers. You know, somebody had ripped them out and converted it to Phoenix and, uh, it had a Tato Phoenix board in it. It was upside down and they, they'd hacked up the harness and everything else. So I printed out new connectors on my 3d printer, you know, the 12 pin black connector, the, their, I think they're Mitsumi connectors, mm -hmm. which are gone now. And uh, used, had to design a new new connector that'll take a different kind of crimp pin because you can't get the pins anymore, but they they fit. So 
I did that. And then uh, if, if you ever, if you're ever on my Facebook page, you'll see a bunch of videos I did because this was, it was starting to become a long process to make these controllers. And I said, you know what? I should probably make a few. And uh, I drew them all up in CAD, sent, a, sent away to get all the individual sheet, sheet metal pieces back. And then I bought a 3D printer so I could print the gears that go in them because, you know, I don't want to do casting. I don't want to sit here with pot metal and cast gears and whatnot. So all the all of the insides I, I 3D printed. There's a cam and a gear that makes it click eight ways. And then uh, it, it's like a Tato had the same kind of a controller for um, what was it? Uh, Lone or what is it? So Tin Star used yep. it, and Frontline yep. used it, and same kind of controller. And Bandito used it, and so. I started documenting it one piece at a time. It's like, okay, today I'm going to make all the little barrel things that hold a spring and a, and a bolt. And, and I'm going to make 50 of them on my lathe today, and we're going to film it all so people could watch it, you know. And, and I did that so people could see how much actually goes in to building custom controllers. You know, one day I, I took these pieces and I spot welded them together, and then I had to send them out or actually spot welded them together, pressed PEM nuts into them, send them out to uh, get plated, get them back and do some more work. And, and it's like, oops, this piece is too short. Well, I better 3D print something that raises it up or whatever. And, you know, so I ended up building building con two controllers for myself. Uh, I've also sent two out to uh, a friend in England and two are going to Canadian Arcade. Uh, he lent me the original stick, uh, Chance did up there. And um, I've got probably 24 more that I'll end up putting on the website for sale. And awesome. all the pre-orders, as soon as I, as soon as I get them done, they'll they'll go out to the people that pre-ordered them, and I'll, I think I'll have 10 left. And what did you? What are you selling those for? Uh, they're the original ones. The guys that pre-ordered them basically cost it's eighty dollars a controller, yeah. and uh, s same price as a joystick. You know, one of my joysticks. And the ones that go up on the website, they'll go to 125. You know? That's that's more than fair for something that just doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like, I mean, the, the amount of work and care that you put into these things, it's, it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It, well, thank you. You know, I, I, I have fun doing it. And I know that if I'm missing parts, somebody else is missing parts out there too, you know? Yep. So, um, you know, so I start recently. We've started doing uh, radar scope control panel blanks. You know, <laughs> because I needed one. You know, for my radar scope because the, it was a poker machine when, or it was a Donkey Kong when I got it. You know, so it needs the right controller and the right, uh, you know, the right everything. So, yeah, you know, so you know, coin hooks for for um, the little hooks that hold the door. You yep. know, in on the cocktail tables, uh, I, I sourced the original locks for tables. You know, for the really early tables, and had to make parts for them. You know, to get the cams working and everything. And so it's it's just it's just what do I need, and how can I make it interesting for people to look at, and maybe generate a few sales from it too. You know, it's, and, and it's, it's worked. I've, I've been very fortunate. You want to make money? Uh, well, uh, not really. You I want mean, to survive, right? But, good thing you're not 
trying to make money off this show. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, Arcade Jason had a question for you early on. I was going to ask you. Uh, he asked if you do your own cap kits or do you have someone else do them for you? You know, it depends. The Sanyo cap kits I do myself. Um, I do all the power supply kits in-house. Um, some of the, you know, Geo 7 kits and the, you know, the oddball ones that I care. Well, they're not oddball. They're actually mainstream. But I don't, I don't do those myself. I buy them I, from a third party. And, yeah. Hey, can Everybody I open, can I, I want to open a shopping yeah. shop? I need to open a shopping cart with you right now. Can you just put uh, a Sanyo kit in there for me right now? <laughs> hey, there you go. But so you guys all, all know Aubrey Jones, don't you? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because everybody kind of argues about cap kits. Yeah. And I think what everybody doesn't, what most people don't realize is about 80% of the cap kits on the market come from Aubrey. <laughs> like, yeah. You I know, mean, he's got a great list. He's a great yep. resource. You know, I learned about him and one of the first things, you know, I think uh, the, the first game I bought was a Donkey Kong 3 that didn't work. The monitor was out. And I got a cap kit from Aubrey. Isn't it kind of hard to find Aubrey's stuff, though? Well, he resells through a lot of other people. And so you can buy direct from him still, but he's much quicker if you're ordering bulk. <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, he has discounts for 10 or more kits. Yeah. And so if you're buying 10 or more, he's the guy to go to. And uh, both these guys sell the cab kits you can buy them both from mike's arcade and paradise arcade shop yeah and then yeah now now i i i don't have the super mega cap kits you know but i ha i have decent cap kits okay <laughs> yeah it's you know it's it's funny like i mean people get into these things and we actually um so we use his cap kits for some of our repairs and then some of the stuff that we have very that we do a lot of repairs in house. We just have buckets of caps, oh, and so yeah. like we just you know if we're doing like Geo fives, we just literally pull out the buckets, put them on the thing, and we just blow through a bunch of Geo fives. Why open the bags? Yeah. But for a lot of them, we actually we don't even buy. We just order them from him, and then we open the bags. And the guy's easiest way to keep track of stock. It's simple. Yeah, yeah he's he's an amazing he's an amazing resource. But like I said, the Sanyo stuff, all all of the Nintendo cap kits, you know. I stuff those by hand. You know, I print out every sheet, stuff them by hand. So, are you are you particular about the the caps that go in there? Are they Panasonic, Nichicon? Yeah, you know, most of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Unless I can't get something. And it's Zycon. Once in a while, you, once in a while, you know, uh, those five dollar caps that you got to put in and yep. make you you go, gosh, I'm selling a fifteen dollar cap kit. And I got to put two five dollar caps in. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, you, know, you shouldn't so, do that. So you you're thinking. You know, maybe I need to save a, a buck or two on those caps, but you know, if you buy in bulk enough, you you can you can still keep the price down. You know. Yeah, it does. It does get tough, and I think it's funny because um, people get in these arguments about some of the very minor things on cap kits, and it just, for the most part, as long as you're using quality caps, it doesn't matter that much. We found. I mean, it's like the differences yeah. are minor. Yeah, as as long as you get you know a cap kit that's got a, a two thousand or five thousand hour rating, I yep. think you're going to be, be be okay. You know well, most of those things, and most of these cap kits don't work that hard. You know, 
the ones that work hard are the 160 volt, the 240 volt, you know, yep. the, the high voltage ones, they get pounded. And, you know, if you listen to our, our, uh, our monitor guru, um, from Southern California, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of his name right now that did all the ca all the flow charts and everything else. Uh, Randy from, yep. you know, I I've listened to him and he says, you know, the, the ones that take a beating are, are the ones you, you're going to have to change more often. And it's just the way, just the way it is. So, it's, And uh, Bobby Jones in the chat said, thanks for all you do. Uh, Netropolis a while ago said that he got his Galaga high score save kit from you and oh, his good. son installed it to thank you. Um, Anthony Schwader asked, and you mentioned the, um, the fitting for Sheriff that you printed up. So I wanted to use his question Yes, do you do any custom tools or parts? And yeah. talk about what you've been doing lately with this 3D printer. Because I flipped on your your Facebook page and was like, yeah. fascinated. I mean, you're you're doing some great stuff. It's it, it's fun, you know. I bought it. I I bought a. I think it's a pretty good printer. It's it's a Prusa, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it, it came from Yugoslavia and. Uh, and I really like it. The, the, it's a professional quality. I, I bought the kit that was put together because I knew nothing about 3D printing. You know, the last thing I want to do is put it together and not have and have it not work and say, well, well what did I do wrong? <laughs> right? yep. yep. So I got it ready to print and, and I've had to tear it down and put it back together, you know, a couple of times. But um, the first thing I did that I actually wanted besides the parts for the sheriff controllers was... Um, I had a chair. This is interesting. Kind to me, it's interesting. Maybe to you, it's not. But I, I bought this brand new chair, put it together. You know, a desk chair. Popped in one of the one of the legs, or you know, one of the um, the casters, yep. and it broke. The plastic piece broke, and it's like, oh man, what am I going to do? This is a brand new chair. I'm not going to drive you know another hundred miles to take this thing back because I live out in the middle of nowhere. And so I took one of the good legs and. and drew it up in a, in a CAD program and shoved it at my 3D printer and printed it out, popped it in and boom, you know, I was good to go. So it's that kind of thing that 3D printing is awesome at. But the other good thing it is, it, it's a good employee. Uh, I, one thing I wanted to do after the, you know, even before I wanted to do Nintendo buttons was leaf switch button holders, you know, they were gone. Uh, I used to buy them from Eldorado Games when they were in Anaheim, and they moved to you know the Midwest. There weren't any anymore. Um, Stephen had a few at Arcade Shop, and they were just drying up. I talked to the company that originally made them. They said, nope, we can't do them because somebody else owns the copyright to the mold. And I said, what is ridiculous? So years go by, and I'm thinking, how can I... You know, it's a it's a fifty cent piece or a two dollar yeah. part. How can I justify making a mold for that? You know, and you know Brian as well as I do. Molds are not cheap. You know, we both looked into doing molds at one point. And, yeah. You know, you could spend fifteen thousand dollars on a mold to make a two cent part, and it takes a long time to get that fifteen grand back out of your your your, your parts. You know, and so. I drew up a, a leaf switch button holder. I took one of the white ones from a Galaga. I drew it up, cut it in half to where it would be, you know, flat and have a, uh, you know, a, 
another cone that goes inside of it and makes it one piece and started printing them out. And, and then I, I found a place to, that still had leaf switches. So I was able to put them together and make leaf switch button holders for relatively inexpensive, you know. And uh, that's been a game changer for me. Things like that, where you can just, you just walk away, you start the print, watch the first layer, and then walk away and come back tomorrow and there's 20 of them, you know. Well, I mean, it, it's funny because you kind of talk about it like it's not a big deal. But I, I played with it. I was an engineer. I played with the 3D printer for a little while. Mm. And I never fully got the hang of getting the thing going the right way. And so you've taken the time to invest not only learning that, but also buying a device that's kind of a, probably a little bit higher grade than the one I had. Mm. Um, and you were doing – I saw you were doing pin fittings. I mean, tell me about – Yeah. Like – so you're, you're printing up like midway plastic door fronts, which is awesome. But these fittings oh, right. for, yeah. tell me about ton, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm making all the Mitsumi connectors again, you know, the, the ones that were the little black connectors for Donkey Kong, you know, um, the ones on the control panel. Um, I, I had to use different pins, but uh, yeah, I, I have all of those. I, I can't mass produce them, so I haven't put up on the website. It's like, you know, I... I probably couldn't keep up with demand yet. <laughs> so it's like, so I make them, you know, I, I hand them out here and there to somebody that says, Hey, let me try those. And, um, so I've, I've got a few people that are actually trying to those things, you know, and, and they work. I just had to find a pin that made sense, you know, a pin in a socket and, Oh my gosh, we have pins and sockets and connectors. I don't know if you've seen my connector connect connectors section on the website. Oh yeah. But, but besides that, I have, you know, eight other brands of connectors in-house that we use for various things. And and they all take a different pin and a yeah. different socket. So I was able to walk around the shop and go, oh, that one looks like it'll work. And that one looks like it'll work. And okay, I think I can draw that. So um I'm not very good at CAD, you know. Um, we we talked a little bit about that before, but CAD, CAD is really non-intuitive, you know. So I found a program that actually was I, I draw draw a lot of my sheet metal parts in, and it'll spit out what they call an STL file, which is a stereolithography file, and it's just a bunch of triangles that you can import into a, a uh, 3D printer slicing program, which which tells the printer how to draw the layers uh, on top of each other, and so I, I've used that and and figured out how to draw certain things and techniques to use it and spit out, out these STL files. I, I can't use the CAD programs on you know they're, they're too difficult for me to get my head around, and I, and I don't have the I don't have the desire to want to learn them. Yeah. Because I have this other method that works for me, you know, and so that's all I care about is it works for me, uh, and it spits out some some decent products, you know. So I love I love Melissa Melville's comment on your Facebook page where she asks, "Do you ever sleep?" <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's awesome. She's <laughs> she um I got a I got a nice uh, space Thunderbird cocktail from Melissa. She 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 bought it from somebody and sent it and. You know, I paid for it and she sent it to me and wow, she's just a great person. Yeah, I, I sleep. <laughs> but, you know, the older you get, the less you sleep. That's just the way it goes. So, uh, yeah. 
And and one uh, part of Anthony's question was, do you produce any custom parts or tools for anybody else? Are there any other stores that you, you and I have done a few projects together. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of gone back and forth and had some things that we shared and then we did our own on. But um, is there anything right now that you're producing for anybody else? You know, there's there's one uh, one store in Canada, the mm -hmm. Canadian Builders Supply. I think it's called Canadian. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I blanked on the name of it. But but it's it's up in Ontario and I, I sell them a lot of my adapters and cap kits and things like that. Yeah. So. You can get stuff. It, it, Canada is a nightmare to ship things to. Yes. You know, it costs, it costs us a fortune. And, you know, I, I feel for Canadians, you know, because we're supposed to have free trade, you know. And uh, it sure doesn't seem like it when it comes to, you know, they get their stuff and then they got to pay on top of it. I don't understand that. But Well, and like I know when we sent just a joystick up there, it's like a $25 shipping fee. And then we yeah. – the funny, funny thing is for us – and I don't know if this happens to you. We'll get these comments saying, "Why do you charge so much for shipping?" I'm like, I, "We're cost. Like yeah. we don't we don't tack anything on. We just we just basically we assume that's an overhead cost, and um, it's painful. I mean, it's it, yeah. I mean, we guesstimate. You know, we we guesstimate based on past experience, and the website figures it out. You know, and then uh, if. If we ship, if we charge somebody twenty-two dollars to ship something and it comes out to be eighteen, we give them four bucks back. Yep. you know, we just refund them. Uh, and but if if uh, you know, it very seldom if if we charge them twenty-two and it ends up costing twenty-six, we'll still send the item. We won't charge them the two bucks, you know, because it's too, it's a hassle. By the time you uh, by the time you get two dollars out of PayPal, you know, you're uh, it costs you what. 25 cents a transaction plus another 14% on top or 3% or whatever it is, you know. And then your time. Yeah, it's not worth it. No. So, and we sell all over the world, you know. We ship to, we ship to uh, Africa. We ship to the UK. We ship to the EU. You know, we have customers in France and Australia, you know, everywhere. So it's... And I think getting back to uh, Anthony's question a little bit is like one of the answers to that is like uh, Mike was talking about what the margins are on products. And mm -hmm. so like I know for us, uh, a lot of times if somebody comes to us and says, hey, I'm looking for a joystick for a Nintendo, right. we don't bother trying to carry them. We just send them to Mike. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of the retailers that are carrying stuff, they kind of know who has what. And so yeah. there's this environment where, I mean, people come to me and say, do you have Wicco's? Send, I send them an arcade shop. Yep. Uh, you know, and it's it's easy to do that, and it makes more sense. When you start to, um, with some of the items, not all of them, when you start to sell them in between stores, lose some of the income for the stores to do new things right. because you're paying shipping and other other aspects of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You know, I, I think most of the phone calls and the emails that I field are people saying, you know, I need this part. You go, oh, yeah. Just like you said, well, I don't make it, but my competitor does. Here's where you'll get it, right? I'll do that all day long because I want a happy customer. Yep. And, and and they're welcome to call me and find out who has what. I, if I know, I'll tell them. I'm not, No secrets, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the neat things about, um, you know, I know Steve and I have sent customers back and forth. You and I have sent customers back and forth. I mean, the goal here, and, and you got into this earlier and kind of how you 
uh, approach these projects is to, at least in my mind, and I think the way you view it, is to build up an enjoyment and appreciation and support for these games. Yeah. And I believe if we build that community, the stores will live longer. If we all try and cut our piece of the pie and claim it right. and, and defend it, we're going to gobble up the market and make stuff go away. Yeah. But if we kind of build the community as a whole, we'll all be here longer. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, we, we just, we have to do that. You know, I mean, plus we have so many new collectors coming into the scene that, yep. that you know, they go, Hey, you know, I want to upgrade to a, a Dell monitor and a 601. <laughs> and you say, well, okay, I can help you do that non-destructively. Yeah. You know, but, but, and I'll do that. But, but normally I try to, I tell them, I say, look, you know, that game that, you know, the, you don't want to convert that iRobot to a 60 and one. You just don't want to do that. Well, why not? It's really cool. It'd be perfect for it. No, no, sell that game and go get a JAMA cabinet and put your 61 in that, you know. We, we had a guy come to us and he was asking us for parts to put a, an LCD monitor in his Tron. Mm -hmm. And I basically told him, I'm like, I, I will not sell you parts to do that. I will take your <laughs> monitor and fix it for you. I will not provide the parts to put. You cannot put an LCD monitor. And there's some games you can kind of do it, but Tron, I mean, there's the whole environment of that cabinet needs yep. a CRT. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, you know, but I have... I have dove, dove head first into uh, Wells Gardner monitors now, you know, yep. the flat screens, because they're multi-res, yep. you know. So, um, you know, for years, the only people doing that kind of thing was uh, two-bit score, if you remember them. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, they sold monitors for 400 bucks for a Wells Gardner. And it's like, you know, and they had a little kit that they could, you know, install it. And I went, you know what? $400 is a lot of money for a monitor. <laughs> I think I can do a better job. So, you know, I came up with a little monitor kit that, that has, instead of having to buy hap control little wings or whatever, you know, I designed some wings that would fit on there, bolt into a, where an original monitor would fit for a cocktail or an upright. And, uh, you know, give them the original connectors and, you know, make it simple for them. Yep. And, and that way they're not destroying their game. You know, if you, if, if you buy a, a, a Pac-Man machine and the monitor's not working and you don't know anything about it, the first thing they want to do is, you know, well, just make it work, you know? So, yep. okay, here's a kit that'll do that, you know? And uh, so I, I try to give, I try to make everything we have, brain dead simple for newbies to use you know sometimes it is sometimes it isn't um but i learned from when i was in software that the most important thing was documentation you know it's like give them a documentation show them a picture that says change this chip and plug this in there and you're good to go and you know that that's where we can help people a lot i think is 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 because I had to learn this stuff from somewhere, and a lot of times it was from forums or emails or sitting in IRC or reading Usenet posts. And if I can share that with other people and, and help them learn that stuff to make it easier for them, you know, I, I want to do that. Sometimes I get a little too technical for people, you know. I had one guy, I guess it's been about two weeks ago, and he goes, you know what? 
I need this and this. And I said, oh, it's right here on the website. This and that. He goes, you know, your site is too much like a parts store. You know, I got I to gotta go look up in the manual what the part number <laughs> is and type it in. It's too hard. And I'm thinking, God, that's the easy part. You know, it used to be you didn't even know what it was called. And now, you know, at least you have a part number to reference. But uh, I, I joked at one point that I was going to put a little label on the front of our store that said, if you don't install, like if your dishwasher breaks and you hire somebody else to fix it, you probably shouldn't buy parts from this section. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's because it, it is it is fun, and it, we spend a lot of time helping people do stuff. But it is it gets challenging sometimes. I mean, we've we've got the stories of um, we've had people call us and say the sixty m one isn't working, and I hooked power up, and they say send us a picture, and they've got a picture of like literally a plug going to the wall with uh-huh. the two wires connected directly to the board. So they're running one twenty volts into this this PCB, and it's like all right. Um, you need to send that back and not do wiring anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough, you know, but you, um, you want people to enjoy whatever they have and they have the right to do whatever they want with it, you know? And so we can just kind of gently guide them into maintaining the machine to a point where they're not just, you know, they're not, they're not pulling a Todd Tucky and throwing it off the the back of the building. Oh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, we have we've had him on the show, and so you guys don't. We're gonna have a we're gonna have you both on. You can fight it out. It'd be great. <laughs> well, the, one of the I will say though, one of the neat things about arcade the radio learning, celebrity death match. There's there's learning on both sides. Um, I I remember I was out of town one time, and Susan had to solder up a board at one of our early adapter boards, oh, and she had never soldered before. And so she, she sends me a picture of this, and it was a log of solder across every pin on the board. She goes, they're connected. And it literally was like a quarter-inch high, like, you know, half-inch wide log of solder. And I was like, kindly tried to say, yeah, we're going to go over how this works when I get back. Yeah. Don't send that out. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Thank, thank God she's willing to give it a shot, right? Yeah. Well, now she was watching me do some pinball board repair the other day and she comes over and she goes, I miss soldering. And I'm like, well, we've got plenty to do. <laughs> Here, here's some adapters, build them, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And she's great at it now. She, I yeah. mean, she, she actually fields a lot more of the questions than I think a lot of people realize. One of the funnier things I saw her do once was somebody said, can I speak with the, with the person that understands this technically? And she goes, hold on a second. Okay, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you but, know, but, Back to the LCD monitor thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've tried to get these Nintendo, you know, back in the day when all you had were CRTs in the, in the early, uh, you know, when I got monitors from HAP, which were YAs, I think, rebranded YAs or something like that, I would, uh, I had frames built, which is a Sanyo frame, you know, so you could take one of their monitors, stick it in a Sanyo frame. And take my amp inverter and bolt it on the side and tap into a certain spot on the chassis to run it off 12 volts, and you had a Sanyo replacement. And so I did that for a while. And now that we're doing LCDs, I thought I better do something like that with LCDs too, you know, because yeah. Um, yeah. some people, you know, some people can't get a monitor. They get an old old cabinet and it has no monitor or whatnot. Well, LCD is a good way to go. Yeah. So give them something that'll bolt in, feel the same. So, um, you know, I still use my little amp inverters 
on them and uh, and I'm able to make a nice nice little product for them and they work pretty well. I don't know if you've seen the product page for the for the Nintendo or the Sanyo replacement LCD, but uh, Todd Lalonde up in Canada did did a great review on it and he he posted the video. He goes here here's a video. This is look this is what it looks like. I'm like I said gosh can I put that on my page? And he said sure. So of course it's there now. But he made them look really nice and. One game that would benefit immensely, I think, are punch-out games. The top monitor on a punch-out game, you know? There's there's an extra Sanyo that somebody could restore a DK with, you know, or a... Or a <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's like 50 pounds sitting up there. And, and those things are heavy to move. So I'd, I'd love to be able to get... That's the only game I have not been able to get uh, an LCD to work in is punch-out. <laughs> oh, uh, and... Uh, yeah. Mr. Peabody has a very important question and uh No, 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 no. This comes up every don't, show. Don't don't no. don't don't <laughs> no. say the word on Do the air. Don't oh. oh, well I, I actually have three exterminators in the back room. Oh my god. <laughs> why why would you have three of them? Well, you know they're they're rare and I collect rare things. It's three times the <laughs> agony. Oh. I have no exterminator parts. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you have three games worth of our exterminator parts. So Adam's least favorite game is Exterminator. He complains about it at my house all the time. So we bring it up every show just okay. to drive him crazy. You know, all right. That's fine. <laughs> We're moving on. One more part off my shelves to show you. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. But only one. Only one. <laughs> Wait, do we time. do we go over all the 3D printing stuff? We we talked about the 3D printing do, and do all we the go things all, that he was doing. But all the well, we didn't, well, he's doing so much. I know. This is, does up. this look familiar? That is awesome. Whoa. Now that's not a part. This that's, is 3D printed. What is 3D printed? The the black hold it up a little higher, a little bit higher. The black spacer is 3D printed. Okay, cool. The uh, insert that goes between the control panel and the uh, and the joystick is is three D printed. Now I have a question. Uh, yeah. So three D printing. The last time I I got in contact with three D printing, there was all this etching and leftover residue from the filament. Is it mm. still that way? It's not smooth, right? It it still has that rough feel. You know, it's 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 a little rough. It's not bad though. But it's but um, you can tell like if you look at it compared to like a shiny new original oh, yeah. piece. If if you take a piece of metal and a piece of plastic that's been three D printed, you can see the lines, the yeah. difference, the layers put on it. Oh, just it's just so, out of curiosity, this is total sidetrack. We're talking because I saw the ring. Do you do you sell the the clear dust rings uh, for Nintendo? Uh, oh yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, but I, most people probably prefer not to put them on their cabinets these days. You know, people say that, but I don't know why not. If it ruins the control panel overlay, I've got more. Yeah. <laughs> well, and plus I mean, it was original. It's Does it's like one of those things. Part, the answer is yes. Yeah. But it's not true. It's not true. He did not have buttons until recently. So I was asked about these earlier. Yes, I now have arm wrestling control panels. So we this need- one's brand new. Everything. Wow. Everything was done in-house. By the way, Mike, we need to put you in touch with Mark. That's cool. That is really cool. 
That's awesome. So they're fun. We need to we need to have you get in touch with Mark because he has that hell of fire that he did all the work for. You should get yeah. you should get in touch with him and have you, you should do the art for that. Oh, the art would be cool. I would love to. Um, I ha- I have you know I've done the instruction cards for the cocktail. Yep. I I haven't done you know I, I decided about two years ago to start collecting the cocktails, get them all, and everyone I get. Mostly are converted to something else, you know, like they've got a 60 and one halfway installed into them or, uh, you know, the, or, or they've just been you know, holes drilled in them. I had I got one uh, uh, that actually had the top, the white top cut out so somebody could set a 19 inch LCD in it, you know, a computer monitor. Yeah. And I fixed, you know, I fixed those. But that's cool. It's been a lot of fun to reproduce all the all the cards, the instruction cards. So, I've do you, do you branch that. off into the Nitsubuchi stuff? I haven't. I haven't yet. Um, I mean, you're kind of in that realm. That's your next tier. <laughs> I have a crazy climber board, but that's about all I have. I have a crazy climber cocktail, and it uses the Sanyo monitor. Does it? Yeah. Oh, very cool. And by the way, so does Warlords. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd but, love to do something like that. Uh, Smokinator, uh, newer patron to the show, or new, newer guest, uh, he says, Mike, uh, do the track and field buttons pencil-proof. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. Who wants to do that? I don't that? know what the track and field buttons are. So apparently they, they built these little shields around the buttons. Oh. To prevent you from putting a pencil so you you could you know on track and field you go you know yeah 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 uh, but nobody wants that you know no. we we want to cheat we want to use our <laughs> I mean uh, we want to use our toothpicks and our pop uh, pronto pup sticks right? right exactly Mr Peabody who needs pencils he's just you know he's got a lot of practice in you so, know I, that's not a game I I ever really played by the time by the time track and field came out when was that 84 85 yeah. well let me just yeah let's just internet that stuff right now yeah because i mean the, the games the games i played mostly you know i think 83. 85 83 79 to 82 oh yeah because it was yeah. released for the official license of the 1984 summer olympics that makes sense yeah yeah and there was a track and field a tube though there was a two. Oh. And that came out in 88, but that was for the oh, NES. Cool. So you said 80, 83 is when it came out? 83 was the original. Yeah. I just never had one around me to play. Um, mm-hmm. By then I was in Las Vegas, and uh, we we were playing different kinds of machines back then. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so. And and I got to give you credit, Mike. Um, <clears throat> we mentioned the Nintendo buttons in the chat, and people were mentioning some of the stuff here, but... You did. So I looked at the that project for years, and I yeah. could not get somebody to mold them. So the we talked about molding. I was getting quotes back of twenty thousand dollars for molding costs, and it just it just didn't make sense. And I could not get it down to a price that made sense. And I kept trying, kept trying. Mike came in, and and you and I had some great conversations about that. But you pulled it off, and you got it done. Um, and it was awesome that you pulled those off because they they were not available. Everybody was using Wicos, and Wicos are not the same as the original. Yeah, you know, for years, um, what I did is I bought I bought the short buttons from the manufacturer, 
uh, and then I on my Harbor Freight mini lathe, I made a jig that you'd put in, screw in a button, and I'd shave shave it down one millimeter, so that they would fit in a control panel. You know, yep. and all of my early orange and blue buttons—that's what they were. They were uh, they were your standard standard short leaf switch button with that had been, you know, lathed basically to to yep. make them work. And, and you know that that kind of goes back to Bob Roberts the way the way Bob Roberts thought or thinks. You know, he would do things that it didn't matter if it was correct or or exact, it worked. Yep. And, and so. Uh, a lot of my early solutions were just to make something that worked. And and I still have some of those that I would like to make better. Um, but until I do, you know, I try to make a product that works for it. And um, it's it's like my Nintendo connectors, you know. They're, um, they work. They don't have any keys, you know. But, but they will work for those little black connectors. But, uh, you know, until I get, get the right ones... They're going to have to do, and so we do things like that too. <laughs> There's been, I mean, I'm glad you have the chat open, but you've probably seen this. There's tons of compliments about your uh, your contributions to the community, and and some newcomers to your site that hopefully will be buying stuff from you soon. Well, very cool. Yeah, I hope we have their product in stock. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, you can just about my, my website too. Um, mm-hmm. how many, how many of you, have you guys seen the money pit? Yes. Yeah. Great movie, right? With Tom, Tom Hanks, Shelly Long. Yeah. And my favorite guy in that besides, you know, the main, main cast, the, my favorite, um, character actor in it is the guy who plays the construction boss. <laughs> He's hilarious through the whole thing. You know, they go, he says, well, you know, how long is it going to take to, uh, renovate the whole place? And he'd say, Two weeks. And they go, oh, okay. You know, a month goes by. How long is it going to be before we get our bathroom installed? Two weeks. You know, everything was two weeks. <laughs> well, if you go through my website sometime and we have a product that we have to build or we have to, uh, you know, we have to assemble in some way from other pieces that we, we sell as different <laughs> products. If you can back order, it's going to say... Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> for everything. So, so it's kind of an inside joke why I put that. I chose it because of that that thing in the money pit. You know, that is hilarious. And um, things don't take two weeks. <laughs> I so think I think I the bird. Short end of that. You know, yeah. you buy a control panel that's not assembled. It's more like <laughs> a day or two. But it may say two weeks. And I've actually seen comments on Facebook recently where people say. Oh, I was going to get it from Mike, but it says they're not going to have it for two weeks. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, let me go change that. <laughs> Stop. You know? Oh, that's hilarious. Because, because we forget sometimes that, you know, to update our stock when new parts come in. But uh, <laughs> if it, it says two, week, two weeks, don't fret. Usually it's, it's, it's a day or so. Well, I, I would encourage everybody to check out Mike's site if you haven't already and uh, subscribe and like his Facebook page because he really is doing some great stuff. And yeah. the, the, the tutorials, not the tutorials, but the examples of 3D printing 
he's putting up now and the tutorials and information that he's done and shared in the past are really an amazing asset to this community. Um, and it's uh, it's really neat. I, I hadn't looked at his stuff in a while and I hopped on there the other day and was going through his Facebook page and I just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, gosh, I have not been here for too long. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is, you know, and, and I hope it says something where coming from someone else who runs a store in the community, I mean, this guy is an amazing guy, an amazing resource. So you know, thank you, Mike. And yeah. um, you've always been a true gentleman when we've talked on the phone and we've communicated about things. I mean, it's, uh, it's been great to get to know you through all of this stuff. And by the way, I, we, we didn't talk about this, uh, but I, I want to, I, I think I bought, uh, an original Braze uh, Donkey Kong high score saves kit from you, and oh, you don't yeah. and you don't carry them anymore. Yeah, I've got them all. the The only ones I don't carry are, I I don't have the multipede kit. Okay. Um, because somebody has come out with another kit that has Warlords in it too. Yeah. And so yeah, why care? And I I don't carry the Asteroids multi kit because I, I just feel like it's a support nightmare. <laughs> so. Oh. But but I still carry all of the, uh, you know, the Frogger kits, the Popeye kits, the Donkey Kong. Oh, Donkey I, Kong I need a Popeye kit too. Can you put that in my cart? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> At the end of the show, we're just going to cash out. It's going to be great. Adam's going to give me his credit card. I'm going to go shopping and buy all this stuff for him, and I might add a few things onto that. All right, Mike. Oh, there you go, I, I, I want to first of all, I want to thank you for being on the show. You're one of the most interesting guests uh, we've had on in a long time. Uh, no offense to my other guests, but uh, some of them of, of of late we've been talking about COVID and how it affects their business, um, mm. and, and you know, and we didn't get into that with you. I, I'm assuming it's a lot of the same stuff that people are dealing with, but you're you're largely an online ordering uh, uh, facility anyway, so you've probably been able to keep busy, and I hope that you do. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, and and people in the chat, you know, check out Mike's Arcade. It is. It is the best. Uh, it's it is the longest running uh, resource for arcade parts with a shopping cart online, and I think <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, well, if you want to stick with us, Mike, after the show, just a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna wind up with a few things here, but stay on the line with us. We love to wrap up with our guests after the show. Um, sure. We uh, will um, we sometimes include tidbits in the podcast, which needs sorely to be updated. Um, and we'll be doing that soon. But um, and chatters, thanks for hanging in with us tonight. It's been it's been great. Uh, so, uh, Mike, any parting words for our guests uh, as you think about you know? Hey, I've been in this business for a long time. Um, if people need stuff, they tell us where we can go. Facebook, all that stuff. Give us give us your plug for the the last bit of the show. Yeah, you know, I I mean. Anybody that wants to learn stuff, the information's all out there, you know. Um, I know sometimes it's overwhelming to learn how to put together a power supply or, you know, or change, change a, even take a game board out, you know, and ship it off to re, for repair. But, you know, just just remember the information's out there and somebody's willing to teach you, you know. Yeah. You're not in alone. There's, there's, a, there's thousands of us out there, you know, doing this stuff. So, um, you know, and when you learn something – don't be afraid to share it with somebody else. Yeah, that's I think those that's the most those important. Those are really thing. great piece of advice. I really like yeah. that. And I didn't I we didn't bring this up, but honestly, when I've called you and I and I love to talk to people, I get on the phone and I'm talking to you, 
you're never dismissive. You give me the time, you help me through my problem, you tell me what's best for me, and then we move on. But uh, that's how everybody should do it in this hobby. It doesn't matter. I, I think that's a great advice that you just gave. So. Yeah, we, we tend to forget that, you know, that we just get caught up in our own little worlds and we forget that, you know, we are a service industry and we're a group. Yeah. You know, we're, we're a community. And there's and always somebody who's new who doesn't know shit. Yeah. And we, <laughs> and we have to treat them nicely. You know, I know. Next and guy that wants to change a flyback for no reason, I'm going <laughs> to pounce on him. <laughs> That's the you truth. That's the time. truth. Yeah. Oh, I, I just bought a machine, so I changed the flyback. What? Yeah. <laughs> I love reading like the repair forums, and you have these people that come in and they're like, "I just got my first arcade game, and uh, it has a broken monitor, and I'm going to throw it away." You know, exactly. and it's just like, "Oh, shake your head," or you know, "Hey, you really should try to keep that thing going. Let's figure out how you can do that." You know, you know and, and one other thing I'd like to say is that, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally I come up with a new product or a product somebody else has done in the past. Yeah. And I really don't mean to step on anyone's toes. You no. know, I um That's called really free enterprise. That's called service. capitalism. Okay. It's well, free enterprise. You know, I, I, I really don't want to step on someone's toes. But when I when I see something that somebody made yeah. or yeah. So, somebody made at one point. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, and they don't want to make it anymore. Uh, I'm yeah. probably jump on I, that. I, I will. Uh, I will. I will make one statement here because we have joked about this in the past, especially with RK Jason in the chat. You do realize that everything you've done, Mark Spath has made at some point before. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> and everything you could come up with. And it's, it's kind of a running joke. And if he ever watches the show, he's probably never going to talk to me again. Not that he would ever talk to me again, anyways. But. <laughs> Um, it is one of the funnier things with him. I, I love the threads on KLOV where somebody oh. posts and he just comes in. I made this 15 years ago. Then uh, sell it, Mark. Please. My good this is buddy. what you've done, Mike. You've made it available, which makes it valuable. By the way, I, I just want to say one of my good buddies in the chat, Octavius Farnsworth, says, I'm the guy that wants to change the flyback. <laughs> oh no uh, I love Let me it tell I you love an it. LCD instead <laughs> exactly. just, just put an LCD in and, and make sure it's 10 years old with no viewing angle whatsoever yeah definitely yeah. it'll be great it'll be great alright stick with us Mike we're gonna sign off uh, you know I think uh, that means we got a double duty Brian tonight I, re- I redid the names already while you were sitting there. Uh, oh my gosh all, all good right. Well, let's see how this plays out. Oh, boy. I can just feel the show ending right now. I'm getting ready to dance. I'm going to take my pants off and everything. Oh. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So thanks for listening in. That's the Double R's Arcade Radio, uh, you know, and such. Like us at Facebook, Arcade Radio, or check out our semi-regularly updated blog at ArcadeRadio.com. That's R-C-A-D-E-R-A-D-I-O.com. I think that's never regularly updated blog. It should be like, <laughs> yes. Anyway, you can Un- call un-regular. and leave comments on the question on the game line, which is 612-548-GAME or 4263 if you cannot spell or have difficulty on your phone. 
Do you like us? Become an Arcade Cadet and support the show by subscribing to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash arcade radio. Yeah, I'm going to add to that because we have three tiers for uh, Patreon now. And we, uh, we've signed on a few people as Arcade Cadets. And if you contribute $3 a month, you help to keep some of the fuel in the rocket. If you contribute $5 a month, that allows us to run ads for special guests and keep fuel in the rocket. And there's a $7 tier that helps us keep some swag in the bucket to give away to you guys each week and all those other things that we do. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, back. That's, that's enough about that. But please check us out on Patreon if you like the show. We really appreciate your your help there. So subscribe to us on our YouTube channel and keep up to date by clicking that notification bell so you know when we're streaming live. You can also subscribe to our podcast at Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever podcasts are streamed. That's going to be it for the show from Arcade Radio. Uh, We'll see you next week. And uh, Mark will be back. Uh, We we missed him. We missed him. It was a little difficult without him, wasn't it? We pulled it off. We did. did Barely. All right. This is the bridge. Everybody get ready. There's going to be some serious techno after this. I think uh, I think we might just uh, hang up the line. What do you think? Are you are you dancing, Brian? I can't see you dancing. It's uh. Ooh yeah, a little bit of that. I like it. Boy, whoever wrote this song, he should be making an album. By the way, I think I'm gonna make an ar- arcade radio album. And put on CD Baby. Charge like five bucks. Unless you buy the CD, you can get it for ten.